And in five, four, three. That's too many. Two. Start. Can you just start from two? <laughs> 79. 78. 77. What are, you, what are you doing, Dwight? Just start from three. <laughs> That's good. <clears throat> That's going in. <laughs> Keep that. All right. What's up, mentionable people out there? Uh, we had a pretty ridiculous weekend. It's uh, It's been very long and, uh, I guess, a little bit tiring at this point. We started yeah, out... a little bit. Yeah, we started out in Lansing. I'm not used to the grind anymore. Yeah. We met up with Biomassive, our previous guests. We got to go ahead and work a show with him finally after a very Yeah, it was really cool. Break. We got to meet him. I got to meet him in person, all yeah. the guys that we... It was fun. We went from Lansing, though, to the next night into GR last night, and that was, again, I mean, driving home, waking up. I did not want to get up this morning. Oh, no, that was pretty hard to do, actually. Feeling old. It's one of those things where I'm, like, falling asleep at the lighting board at the gig, and then I get home, and I can't sleep until, like, 4 in the morning. My back. I was in pain. I'm definitely out of shape. I'm not... I didn't. I didn't have any of that. I also didn't go out to Grand Rapids with you guys last night. Um, Definitely uh, a lot of anxiety for me surrounding being back out in public. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's the social anxiety. What do I do with my face? Yeah, I really. My hands. It it was like I forgot how to be social, and um, you know, even though I knew that it was something that was good for me and that I should do to to get out and do something, it was still almost like pulling teeth to get myself out of the house. Uh, and obviously I had a great time. It was really cool. The, you know, the show was great. They did a really good job. So I'm glad that I did. Uh, I got to meet a bunch of people, see a lot of old friends, you know, say hi. As we were pulling out of the driveway, I was already feeling a little bit of anxiety. And I thought to myself, like, is this the beginning of my agoraphobia? (laughs) (laughs) Am I just going to be stuck inside for the rest of my life? Uh, The best part, I, we, uh, I think all three of us chatted about it extensively on the ride home we got to talk to people in person about the podcast and yeah. got a bunch of feedback in yeah. person not no. just text not comments right. you know people were coming up to us and approaching like, first hey. time we've ever talked to someone you know in person about the podcast uh oddly enough all bad feedback yeah, yeah. so it was they hated us <laughs> they but... hated it <laughs> but it was Talked's really so cool shit. it was really cool to talk to people about not to mention in public Not to mention, I'm Ryan. I'm Colin. And I'm Josh. And today we have another guest, and not just another guest, but our first in-person guest. Face-to-face. Face guest to episode. Face. We're all vaccinated. Vaccinated. And, uh, you know, even to just add to it, uh, we are not at the Studio 1A that we're used to. We're in Kalamazoo. You mean our living room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as we affectionately call it, Studio, Studio 1A. 1A. Studio 1A. <laughs> Yeah, we're in Kalamazoo. Uh, we're here with Evan Wooters. Evan, what's up, dude? Hi. Hi. Yeah, what's Evan, up, guys? This hi, is Evan Wooters. This is where we pretend that we're saying hi to you right. for the first that time. That we haven't just we, been talking for like an hour. We have for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go way back with Evan. I mean, uh, for me, I was 17, I think, when I met you. I was still a senior in high school. Yeah. Started playing uh, with Dr. Dwyer, and I, it, it's been 
over 10 years and multiple different projects doing music now. It's crazy. It, it's been a long time. Colin, you were playing with him in Secretary of Space for a long time, which mm -hmm. I dabbled a little bit with you guys during that period. Um, Josh, I think you met him even a little bit before that for yeah i mean i i couldn't even i can't i thought about it on the you know the ride out here i'm thinking i and i really can't remember like i can't pinpoint any like specific time that we met but it had to be a friend of a friend sort of situation yeah I it think. was definitely friend of a yeah. friend yeah um well and i i remember it was definitely through Josh that Ryan got the drumming tryout. Yep. You know, yeah. he, he was like, "Hey, this band it wasn't really a, a tryout. It was we need a drummer." Yeah, we need. Yeah. Ryan's like, <laughs> yeah, "I'm down. <laughs> I got spring break coming up. Like, I'll come on tour with you." <laughs> We're like, "You're in." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been it's been a long long time, and uh, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself here? Tell us. Uh, Give us an origin story. We're very into origin stories here. Origin story, like my origin story. Yeah, dude. Or like our we talked about. Story. No, we talked a lot about how you know we've known you for a very long time. But when it comes to young Evan, ah. um, I mean, you know, I don't even know. Did you ever have hair? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like to be honest, I've. I did actually. You I did. Have a, oh, man. My, I cannot uh, imagine that. No, I can't. My mom's got a studio grand piano at her house and. She's very much the kind of mother that has uh, photos everywhere. Yeah. I'm in a lot of those photos because yeah. I'm her only child. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and there is my senior football photo of me on one knee, like, you know, total yeah, yeah. chotch pose. <laughs> <laughs> and I have long, flowing, yes. curly. Oh, long, no flowing? Shit. Curly. Huh? Oh, dude, I was wow. like, I was going through the phases Wavy of like, curly, yeah. I was thinking like maybe you had like the pomp. And then I was kind of trying to picture, like, maybe you had, like, the emo scene cut while you were going. No, through. I did have an Eminem phase. I did the Slim Shady. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Josh did that, too. He when used to, like, the Slim Shady came out. Yeah. I did the full-on bleach and wore the white tee and everything. I did the... Puka shells kind of thing? No, Puka shells. Not that kind of guy? I've never been a big jewelry guy. No. I no. tried it a few times, but it's just one of those... Even, like, I got a smartwatch now, and I just don't... Yeah. Yeah. I feel it feels, like still feels weird sometimes. I hate shit on my wrist. What about tattoos? Do you have do you have, I have a tattoo? Three tattoos. Okay. Ooh. I've got so this one is the only one that oh shit. Just, just rip my shirt. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <yeah>. Just tear <laughs> it off Hulk Hogan style. <laughs> Let me show you. So this one's the topographic lakes, Great Lakes. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. That's map. very cool. My buddy Phil and Lansing did that. Phil Bosbro, you guys know him? Plays it sounds piano, familiar. Owns a tattoo shop mm, okay. with his brother in Lansing. And then I've got um like a curse of Y on this shoulder. Okay. Which stands for Yvonne, which is my mom's name. And okay. Like, and I call her Y. Classic and mom then, tattoo. Uh, my dad was a police officer, and I have his badge tattooed on my other uh, shoulder. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Right so, on. Parents and home yeah, state. I'm still yeah. trying. I'm still trying to picture you with the long curly hair. I, know. I need to see that. Yeah, I kind of would I'll like a photo. Yeah, photo yeah, that. For sure. Get, me, nice. get it on the gram or something yeah. for me. I need I to take I'm, a look at actually, that. Actually, I can do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> So you played football then too. So that's yeah. something. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like I should have known that, but I get. Well, I I kind of did know that. Maybe you forgot, but I remember you telling me it was weird that Sean and Evan were so into music and so like uh, embedded into the music scene in Kalamazoo because through talking to them, you had found out that they were kind of jocks in high school. Well, me if... I think Sean played soccer. And yeah. He was, yeah, and he did, I think, choir. Too. Yeah, he was, he was in choir. Yeah, too. so he had a little bit of the music. Did you do choir or band? No, no I did. No. So I didn't really start playing 
So I started playing music when I was five. My my parents made me take piano lessons. Okay. And that was like, you'd go to the lady's house and she was old school, you know, like, yeah. would hit in your hand with the ruler if you were oh, like, oh, damn. Like, you know, nice. keep your back straight and she right. so- hated me. As <laughs> 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 an only child, child of divorce. So behaviorally, I probably wasn't where some right. of the other kids were at. Right. Plus, I refused to read music. Just that kind of she I would just watch her play. And, and then, then I imitate. would just imitate Ooh, what she pull was like doing. like a Nick Cannon drumline thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I like never really... <laughs> okay. That's, to... That's a great sure. reference. That is exactly what he does in that movie. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah, so I would just imitate what she was doing, which made it... You know, so she didn't really like that. So I never really learned how to... I mean, I know how to read music. I know the basics. Right. And I know like the theory... But, like, when you start getting into more advanced level theory, then oh, I start right. to, like, my eyes glaze over yeah. when I'm around <laughs> real musicians. Well, I just blacked out. Even happened? when I was doing my, this, this studio album I was working on, like, we would, when, especially when we did all the horn cuts, uh, mm-hmm. Joe Hedinga, who produced it, yeah. he's brilliant, but we didn't write any of the horn parts until the, the, they were in the studio. Right. And basically, like, for one of the sections, Terrence uh, Massey, who played the trumpet, and Caleb Elzinga... And Joe all took a piece piece of sheet paper mm-hmm. and all wrote their own riffs. Yeah, and then we'd like kind of they like chop some out and then they like combine the other ones. Okay. And I had no idea what they were doing the whole. Time. I was just sitting there like <laughs> I have like this picture of me where it looks like I'm doing something, but nice. like I'm yeah. Not <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, uh, I just realized I've been saying Terrence's last name wrong for years. How have you been pronouncing uh, it? Mackie. Mackie. No, yeah, Ma- Massey. I think it's Massey. I'm yeah, it's two sure. S's. Two S's. Oh, is it S's? I must be thinking of somebody else yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, why would you? Okay. But back to the. We'll get to we'll, more. We'll of cut that. out the part of me sounding like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no we're going to leave days. We're keeping that one. Uh, so back to the more of the origin stuff. I definitely, like, just from knowing you and how I see you, you look like a wrestler. Not yeah. a football player. You look like the kind of guy that would have, you know, gotten uh, up in a suit, fucking done your thing, tackle some dudes. I I don't know. I, yeah, I never got into. I don't think our school really had like a, much of a wrestling team. I think we had one, but I just wasn't. Our baseball team was really good. I remember that, but I didn't play baseball. Um, you grew up in Detroit, right? Yeah, so I grew up in. Um, my parents lived in Warren. Okay. When I was born. And then, oh, dog's going to get off the couch. Yep, there we go. Nice. Some clicks. Some little tap dancing. There you go. He's going to be walking What's around What's up, big now. buddy? Stretch it out, buddy. Yeah. No, that's cool. Keep going. Um, so he, uh, sorry. <laughs> My parents, <laughs> sorry, uh, they had a house and then they divorced. Okay. So when that happened... My mom moved, my dad kept the house, and my mom moved in, like, with a friend. Right. And they were super amicable. So there was yeah. never any, like, at least to my knowledge, while I was being raised, that there was, like, any bitterness between them. Yeah. Okay, of course. And that was at when I was three. So, like, my whole life, I only know my parents as separate entities. Right, so it wasn't, like, terribly, uh, uh, I guess, life-changing at the time for you. I mean, obviously, it changes your life, but you yeah. grew up with it. You know. Yeah, it was much more normalized just right, because no. that's all I really knew right. from like my conscious memory. And my dad, re- so then my dad and mom both moved around the metro Detroit area, Warren, Centerline. Um, but mm-hmm. I was in, my mom was in Gross Point because that's where Gross her business, yeah. okay. she owns a hair salon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I went to the Gross Point Public Schools through sixth grade. Okay. And then my dad got remarried at that time and moved around to he was in Gross Point for a minute but then he decided to move back closer to work he was a cop in Warren Michigan 
So then at that point, uh, my dad, he like got like really, he was raised in a Catholic school. Yeah, um, yeah we know about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys did. Yeah, you did that. So yeah. I always call myself a recovering Catholic. I, I, always spilled, <laughs> I always spilled chocolate milk on my uniform. It wasn't a good thing for uh, me. Yeah. It started sure. some problems when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, yeah, and I was always raised not really like super religious. Yeah. Um, kind of like decide for myself. I was yeah. always exposed to it. Like we would go to church that once in a while. Of, my uh, grandparents were like devout, hardcore baby or like, you know, whatever the greatest generation, World War II generation, Catholics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, we definitely have experienced that uh, throughout the years, obviously. And I mean, I, I, I think of both of our parents... I mean, they've never really forced it on us in any sort of no, manner. No, you know? not necessarily. We grew up doing that schooling, but... I mean, the family went to, you know, church, so we went to church, you yeah. know. But, I mean, it wasn't necessarily, like... What'd you play for they, football? They, I wouldn't Sorry, call this them. is in the back of my head this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. Yeah. Okay. No, go ahead. What, what did you play for football? Um, well, so what happened is then, at that point, my dad... And I guess I was into it, because I was bullied a lot i think in like the earlier years so you i was like already... bullied hmm. oh hardcore whoa i was the only child kid of divorce and yeah like, okay yeah okay. super preppy rich gross point and i was in like not the well affluent area you know we lived like in a <laughs> flat like right at the border of detroit okay, sort of yeah. thing so it was you know a little bit different yeah for me uh than some of the other kids kind of the outsider i felt like kind of an outsider man i feel like i'm really relating to you right now this is great for sure keep it going um (laughs) so i decided my dad was like well you can go to saint clement which is where he and all of his brothers and he has seven brothers and sisters oh wow private and my grandparents house that they all grew up in is like four blocks away from this private school so i went for seventh and eighth grade there and I had like thirty kids in my entire class. That's so like a I went from five hundred something kids in my grade to like thirty. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty a big weird juxtaposition yeah, for no sure. Shit. And that's when I started playing football was at the Catholic school. Okay. Um and I was there till eighth grade until my dad my dad died. Um pretty traumatically. Um he was police officer killed in the line of duty. Mm-hmm. Um he was actually shot inside of the jail like the holding cell of that the police headquarters and i i do remember hmm. you telling me about that a couple of times and it, it's actually kind of at least at the time it forced me to have a different perspective on police yeah. because you know i was a kid just out of high school like fuck, yeah, the, fuck police, the police yeah. you know but uh, to have a to have a best friend whose father was killed in the line of duty forced me to have a little bit more empathy for yeah i mean it did the same for me but also fuck the police because if they had done their job (laughs) my dad would still be alive you know what i mean so like absolutely really fucked with my head for sure yeah Yeah. um you know because then after that the exposure you get to that whole thin blue line concept that a lot of people don't really know about like I'm going to memorials in like Washington D.C. and yeah. President Bush is speaking at it, and like I'm meeting him because like my dad died in the line of duty. It was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And how he died was pretty fucked up. So that must have it been had a lot huge. of attention. Yeah. yeah okay. So like like so then the school I'm going to in eighth grade is where his funeral's at. That I'm going to church weekly, sometimes twice a week. Right. Where his funeral this was. This is heavy. He's buried. Out, like I can see his grave from the class that I'm sitting oh, wow. in, and then so yeah, getting so, your mind off of that is so I pretty couldn't much, get away from it. Yeah. So at that point, um, 
And my dad had gotten remarried and I had two little sisters that were 10 and 11 years. You know, so at that point, my life is just... I don't even know, like, what's going on. Yeah, there's probably a lot of confusion. A A lot lot of confusion. So I obviously moved back in with my mom, but I'm still going and spending time at my stepmom's house. Yeah. But my mom's like, all right, do you want to go back to Gross Point Public Schools? Yeah. Makes more sense. Get away from this a little bit. Yeah. I think that's the reason I moved to Kalamazoo, to be honest. Because, like, I I can't go to a family function without... It being mentioned. Yeah. Which is great. There's so much honor and like it was, yeah, of course, you know, he of died course. a hero and it's, it, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not complaining about it in any of way. Of course. But it's one of those things where it was just like, I need to like Step get out of the shadow. That's gotta of be this. tough. Yeah. So that's when I moved to Kalamazoo, but I, yeah. So I went to. Why Kalamazoo? Because I got into Western. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, I was supposed to go to college, right? Like my whole high school, like I don't really, football was the one thing that like kept me from not being a complete fuck up because I was already kind of like I partied I think a way lot harder of athletes in general would definitely agree with that yeah, yeah that's something that people yeah. would use as an outlet and uh, you know I, I was actually going to ask kind of jokingly a little bit before and now that you're saying that you know that was it was kind of the one thing that kept you in it uh do you, were you good yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know. I mean, yeah. you're, you seem like a really athletic guy. From damn, you know, I wish I had my touchdowns. My dad, right now. my dad was an all-American <laughs> baseball player. In college. Oh, really? Oh no, yeah. shit. Wow. Yeah, he was, and my whole family, all the Wooters side, at least. Okay, very um, athletic then. All, all the Woods boys are very athletic. Nice. Um, and they're all like my size, you know. So yeah. we're, you know, big boys, big stock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I had that advantage going into high school of two years playing football because a lot of people don't start until their freshman year right so i already knew kind of what it was getting what i was getting myself into and i came and none of these kids these kids really knew me well and did, had you already had your like growth spurt were you one of the taller yeah, i was like probably you, you one, walked in just I was about six foot one full beard yeah. long wavy hair ninth grade <laughs> no beard, no beard yeah. chest hair rim <laughs> oiled um, up but i was also playing hockey too so i was oh, like nice. back and forth. so like right. i i mean i was good at football but i like I wasn't great at hockey, but I fucked. What what did you play <laughs> football? I, I, did, you, did you say that? I yeah. missed that. So I was position. um I was a linebacker, middle linebacker, and a fullback for pretty much all of it except my junior year, um, when I got onto varsity, the guy that they had that was playing center, which is the guy that snaps the ball yeah, at the yeah, quarterback, yeah. Mm-hmm. um, he just didn't really wasn't cutting it for him, so they they were like, let's see if you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Which I brought our line average down by like a hundred pounds because I was like not. I was more leaner, yeah, you know, yeah. faster guy, Ripped. but like strong. We, we talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> At that point in my life, I was definitely not now, but uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's so I played center my junior year, and then senior year I went back to fullback and middle linebacker. Awesome. Well, so we're, we're, when we're doing did, these... uh, When did guitar come into play? Okay, yeah. I was just going to say, we're doing these questions uh, for anybody out there wondering why we're getting so personal. We like to do this conversationally, and we want you to get to know Evan uh, on a different level a little bit and get to know who he is as a person. And so do we. And so do we. Yeah, we're learning things. So, yeah, Colin, uh, that's a great question. When and why guitar? So I... After my dad, like, music was always very... I was exposed to art and culture my whole life. My mom is very active in the Detroit art. She was in a modern dance company. Grand piano in the foyer. Yeah. Yeah. And I was forced to play piano, which you force a kid to do anything for long enough. They're eventually... So my mom was like, you can quit, but, like, you got to find something else. Right. She's like, you know, like, 
you got to keep the kids busy, right? Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I, what about guitar? Like, and you know, it's guitar, the acoustic guitar, and singing, and it's got that thing that you know gets you chicks or whatever. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that was part of it. I always make that. Yes, choice. Like, probably yes. the main reason I started playing was to and try and started get wearing girls, puka cause... shells, buttons. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, covers. somebody called it. I don't know who it was, but somebody I called. I did, I did yeah. mention maybe maybe it was just to pick up chicks. You know, <laughs> yeah, get out the guitar, the long wavy hair. I mean, I'm seeing it now. That I mean, was part of it, but I also never forget the first time that i listened to a pink floyd record and was like whoa yeah you know yeah you i want to recreate that. i want to do that yeah but those soaring think, sweeping solos yeah i think any young kid who you know aspires to be a uh a, a musician whether it's famous or marginally popular or however you want to put it you know i think a lot of the uh the motivation is definitely getting laid <laughs> getting <laughs> laid <laughs> get laid get paid yeah. uh, so it, it, you've you've been playing guitar now for how long then how many years so i started when i was thir- it was right after my dad died that okay. was so right you know, around and that's when i was like i need like i needed some sort of outlet besides well and that just... is a great outlet i yeah. mean it's more than just like get angry and hit stuff yeah. which is <laughs> and i mean i'm sure that works yeah. in I a mean, big it, way too it has its merits <laughs> yeah. I, I never knew how to write songs until i picked up a guitar okay mm-hmm. like i figured out composition later on the piano but for some for some reason that was and i i was super into dave matthews in high school i was just All about to ask who were you trying to be who dave, you? dave, dave was matthews big for Dan, sure huh? you wanted um, to be dave he, which he gets a lot of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <there> <laughs> yeah. he gets a lot of hate which, i mean i i definitely have progressed in my taste but he was, right. my, dave is killer. he was my gateway drug to the to the jam dude band carter Beaufort, man one of my favorite drummers yeah. yeah the guy's amazing yeah. <laughs> and they just had a cool band it's cool sound very unique yeah. Um, yeah. and he's a great songwriter in my opinion I mean haters, so, haters can hate whatever but. what was what was a guilty pleasure band for you were you like a huge in, a closet sync fan or at something at that time yeah like what was I know the, that first Britney Spears record was definitely but I, that was like 7th grade when I got that but that was one of the first ones for hell sure, yeah seven. wow <laughs> um, no you're I mean, fine we have a uh, grip it and rip it policy here when it comes to cracking cans open so what do you do Grip it and rip it, baby. Oh, gotcha. Go for it. <laughs> Chug it down. Right in, right in the right in the saying there. Um, no, my dad had me signed up to like the you get a hundred CDs for ninety nine cents. Of course, um, <laughs> you get a hundred CDs for ninety nine cents, and you'll pay full price in twenty five years or whatever. Yeah. Which I wonder whatever happened. Like CDs probably stopped being a thing before. Yeah, that. people actually before had that to pay happened. For <laughs> so I was always just like I would pick random CDs. So I was already starting to. Like, branch out and i was exposed to so much at a young age my dad didn't really have great taste in music but he like you know he was like jimmy buffett and van morrison Ooh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Like that. <laughs> but my mom got me into every, you know she exposed me to all of it right yeah um so that so i was already kind of starting to develop my own like taste, taste in music point. yeah um well when did you uh <laughs> i mean we all know about this one and i think josh was the first one to bring it up but when and i'm looking at these posters when did the obsession and love for Umphreys <laughs> come about? Umphreys yeah. McGee. If anybody's ever hung out with me and I've had more than two drinks, odds of me <laughs> taking over the sound, the music, and putting on Umphreys are pretty high. Yeah. Uh, uh, Umphreys McGee, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, which I'm pretty sure most of our viewers and listeners do know, 
uh, very awesome. I I even hate to say jam band because it's just got such a different. Yeah. They're not that, you know. They're uh, they're awesome rock electronic. Rock no, no, you know, no. they're the best cover band in the world. <laughs> I, I, that is definitely. Arguable, they can, they can easily arguable. They yeah. knew everything. And <laughs> when up. did you Take find Humphreys? Like, what? When was your first show? Do you remember? Yeah. So I, I ended up bailing on this one show. So I had my buddies, my one buddy Timmy, um, Maul Heron, who lives in, who's a really great photographer. Yeah, lives good dude. In, uh, um, I don't know Detroit. I grew up with him. I grew up <laughs> across the street. Okay. He always he introduced me to like Jay Dilla, Humphreys, like Beastie Boys, Real yeah. Big Fish. Oh, like dude, he that's was a always, good neighbor. He was always like. Hell yeah. He had his finger on the pulse. Hell fish, yeah. like he would just leave live fish recordings in my car. <laughs> He's like, you're going to listen to this for a week. <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck you, I don't want to listen to it. Like, it took me years until I got fish, and then one Man. day it just kind of clicked. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I know that. It's I know a, that but moment. he was super, like he skipped. Acquired taste. <laughs> um, he skipped his senior, I think he skipped prom or something, go to Amsterdam to like see Humphreys. Like what? by himself, what? like a senior Yo. in high school, yeah. Like, but didn't tell his parents he was going. Too. Oh, dude, lit. Yeah. So he was going to like summer camp and stuff. So he was really getting the Humphreys at that time. So he started leaving their CDs in my car. I think I just there were they were playing in Grand Rapids at the intersection. Okay, yeah. And this was like right after they did Bonnaroo in I think like two thousand six or seven yeah. or whatever. That year, that was like their blow up year. Right. And were you living in Kalamazoo? At I was this here point? in Kalamazoo. Yeah. I just yeah. Okay. I think it was like. 20 or 19 and at this point you know they were from south bend and they had just moved to chicago so you could throw a rock and hit an humphrey show like right they were playing yeah. all over the midwest yeah. Yeah. and like no more than a three-hour drive to see like you could do like four or five night run right um so i caught him at the intersection and once i saw jake play electric guitar <laughs> i was like all right i fucked the acoustic i'm done with this shit <laughs> like, i mean i still play it and it's come back in a different way now for yeah. me and my writing for right. sure mm-hmm. but like that was the t- point where i was like okay fuck off dave everything i've been writing everything i've been doing like <laughs> i've got it all wrong yeah dude, turn it up to 11 so that that and they like Humphreys has this really they they really like I think the guilt, other guilty pressure, Limp, Bit, Limp Biscuit for sure. Oh yeah, really? I was like eighth grade, like that. That first album, that three dollar bill, y'all album is. You and I still listen. You to and Josh album. can talk more about that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and just like that angsty, like Alice in Chains, like that angsty '90s grungy, poppy sort sure. of. Humphreys has a really good finger on that pulse. You know, I could definitely say uh, it's sad being, you know, so much younger than you two in particular. But, you know, for me, uh, the angsty grungy scene was like, you know, the emo, screamo music. Yeah. Mm. Whereas you guys at least got like some corn and like Limp Bizkit and Slipknot and Nirvana. Yeah, pilots. all these like huge bands that people can yeah. still listen to today right. and enjoy. And we're listening to the Black River that bleeds black blood. Yeah, yeah. I'm already, you know, people trying <laughs> to wear girl jeans and yeah, that's rough. You know, it was just such a different like angst uh, uh, choice. You know, yeah, that, that for sure. Different uh, generations there. Yeah, um, but that was that was it when it, when I saw that show. So after that, like, you know, I'm I'm twenty twenty one twenty two. Yeah, very so impressionable. I don't really have, I'm in college. I have a part time job. Like, 
Yeah. So like I'm going on for that's like what that was it that yeah. became my identity. For I mean, a while. Yeah. are you, are you comfortable revealing how many times you've seen Humphreys? You I got that number. Is I a think I'm at 103 shows now. Damn. Okay, wow. my centennial was a couple years back yeah, at yeah. in Detroit. Things have slowed down. Yeah, I think we were there. Was that the Fillmore? At the Fillmore. Yeah. yeah, I think we. I think you were in the mezzanine or whatever. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. I remember one. that night. That was a, that was a fun one. Yeah, it was a good night. Okay. Um, and you know, I've gotten to meet them over the years and stuff. And right. Just like you know, and they they have always been so proactive in being connected to their fan base and in doing interactive things like kind of ahead of the curve in a lot of ways i still tell people the uh, story of jake sinninger being at your house on your birthday <laughs> you showed up after playing a show and he was just like chilling in in my in, bedroom in your bedroom sitting in my office <laughs> yeah. chair yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the golden god of rock yeah <laughs> it was we- yeah it was bizarre well we had done Humphreys played at the State Theater, so we did an after party. We had, like, the official after party. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were, like, on their website. It was a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, and they had done uh, this S2 event earlier in the day, which it was this event where, like, it was a special ticket. It was earlier in the day, and it's like, 50 bucks, and it was all-you-could-drink beer, and you would... The band would play, but it was an all-improvised set, and everything they would improvise was based off of phrases that the, the people in the audience would text right. to the soundboard. Okay. And then he'd put them up, his favorite ones up on the screen. So this the is band. like pre-Umbol kind of this thing. Is, this is how Umbol started. Kind of started okay, was that yeah. this concept, was awesome. this S2 events. Okay. And it was like an hour and a half. And they would just improv and they'd stop and they'd take questions and you'd ask questions. Um, and then, you know, they come out after and talk with you and you have a beer with them and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Um, and then I didn't get to go to the show that night because we were doing the after party. So we had to do, you know, load in and soundtrack and all that shit. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, twiddle our thumbs until that's kind of, yeah, that's how you, that's it. You have to give up that. And there's nobody there. And make. then all of a sudden there's 300 people yeah, in the flood room. In. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a flood in, um, which was cool. Cause Jake was there. So pretty bizarre to like be playing guitar and see your hero. Like, right. Yeah, of hmm. course, man. Like, <laughs> Well, and it's funny too. I can't. I can't stop thinking. Like, fuck off, Dave. Jake was in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a a funny story about a trumpet professor at CMU who was uh, doing the first trumpet part, um, and I think it was Alan Vizzuti, a famous trumpet player, that was uh, sitting in with them. Mm. And uh, I maybe he was doing the second trumpet part. Either way, he had a solo before Alan Vizzuti's solo. <laughs> and Alan Vizzuti comes in to listen to one of their rehearsals, and he's just kind of pacing around the room. Oh, oh, and yeah, he no. stops right behind him as he starts playing his solo. And he said he was he had such a hard time not just choking up completely, right. but he got through it, he got done, and he like leans over to him, and he's like, good job. And he uh, turns to him and he was like, yeah, try doing it with you standing over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. It's like having the band director standing over your shoulder while you're doing yeah. a, you know, an audition for mm-hmm. your chair or whatever. Where did in all of that the kind of, I guess, uh, businessman Evan come into all of that? Uh, you know, even things as far as your music projects and things? It, it, we know two different Evans. We there's there's <laughs> the normal hanging yeah. out, having fun, chilling Evan, yeah. and then there's business Evan, yeah. and they're two very different Evans. And, and they do so. I, they do clash. There are moments where like you know yeah. he's he's there at the show, he's doing you know having fun, but you you do take charge a lot of the time when yeah. it comes to that. And, yeah, there's this get shit done side yeah. of Evan, and obviously um, I assume that ties over to your day job as well and everything. Yeah. You know, I, this, that's probably where a lot of it comes from. Yeah, I think, and I just had very two very strong willed parents was definitely the golden child and the hardworking like i had to do summer math books like yeah 
in every Damn. summer. So, like there was never, <laughs> there was never. You're not allowed to rest. Like can't is not a yeah. word we use yeah. in this house. You had expectations. So, there was expectations to. that kind of I had. My mom owned her own business. Childhood. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it it, it all starts, you know, there. Of okay. Course, right. Okay. Um. So uh, and you have uh you know you have a professional I guess occupation as well you know yeah. what what is it that you do exactly? So I'm a, a hospital social worker, mm -hmm. um, but I work in the ER. Okay. So whenever anybody comes in with any sort of psychiatric crisis, so suicidal ideation, or they're experiencing psychosis, or okay. they want to, they're having hallucinations, or whatever, you name the craziest behaviors that you can <laughs> see a human being do, that's what they're doing out in the community, and somebody brings them in, whether it's the right. police, or EMS, or the family member, they come in themselves. Wow. Um, then the ER doctor will meet with them and then basically, okay, this is more of a psychiatric thing. So then they call in the social workers to kind of right mediate things. I'm, I'm in the middle of everybody. I'm right. dealing with the patient, but I'm talking to the doctor to figure out kind of what the plan is. Do they need to be hospitalized? Right. Talking with the family, talking with, if they have caseworkers with like community mental health, stuff like that. So you're kind right. of the social that must, that must be like extremely like a, a huge release like so after the last year of the pandemic and i haven't done lights in almost two years right the last two nights doing work again huge release it felt really good yeah that must be a crazy um i don't know if this is the right word but uh, just the separation like you know going to do a gig mm -hmm. and playing with your band and recording an album like that process I'm sure things tie over, but like that has to yeah. be a crazy difference. There must be some, yeah. quite a bit of relief going to do for sure the other. It seems like a huge juxtaposition. Juxtap wow, I can't Whoa. say it. Juxtaposition. Juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I nailed it. You got it out. <laughs> you know, I learned more touring and booking shows and managing i mean i hate to call myself like a band manager but I've you are always, always yeah the guy. well this is kind fallen of into that role yeah, because, this is kind of the businessman evan i yeah. quote unquote that i was referring I mean, to yeah. i remember us trying to like split up duties and we tried like you know genuinely tried but you just crushed that stuff yeah. Yeah. so it was like I, evan's just gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> and i was i like but and you do have to learn how to delegate and that's one thing that i the older i get i'm learning how to do more and more and trust other people to be able in that in my way is not the only way because I th everybody goes through that I'm sure at oh, some yeah, point definitely. but I learned so much from doing that that like I mean to be honest it translates so much because I'm dealing with so many different personalities like you know when you're playing gigs and you're on the road you're dealing with different venues different people different expectations yeah. every um, night a different set of problems and doing what you guys do <laughs> you're working with different artists mm -hmm. different styles different it's everything is people different. who don't like colors people who don't like yeah. flashing people yeah. who don't like quick movements yeah. I, I, I always have to ask I mean I remember uh, Victor Wooten one of the funniest moments was at uh, the summer camp doing the VIP tent. I went up to him and I was like, hey, man, are you okay with haze, strobe? You know, I want to know what kind of lights you're all right with. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to play drums, man? And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, <laughs> yes, but that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> he did like a family jam and he allowed anybody that was in the VIP tent oh, to come up and play, play with him. It was thought, really cool. He thought I was approached, which would have been great, but I was like, well, you I got to play the drums. Well, I had to run lights. I, man. I, I tried to get he him to do it. In. I tried to get him to do it. I was like, I was real scared. I would have been scared. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and at the time, I was still a little bit new to operating the board, but I was like, it's an improvisation 
musician said, dude, I'll, I don't have to do much. Go up there, play drums. I'll push buttons. Right. And he was I'll, like, no, man. That no. button says blue, right? I'm I'll dead. hit that one. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'll just run the lights. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, so yeah, I can definitely understand how... Uh, I don't know. Uh, fuck, I lost my train. It translates. It yeah, translating. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean every day. It's like I'm walking into a completely different case. Yeah. And first, you know, I'm reading about it. And if we have, if if it's what I call a frequent flyer, so like, sorry, to, I know this is going to sound cynical or cold to some people, but a local crazy person that <laughs> yeah. we see yeah. frequently that, you know, uses a lot of methamphetamines or whatever. Right. Like, I kind of have an idea of what I'm walking into. But a lot of the time it's like... I mean, I'm dealing anywhere from, like, a, a three-year-old experiencing psychosis to, like, a 92-year-old who's, you know, going through dementia or whatever. So it's... Are there are there some... I mean, this is kind of a heavy question, but I can't help but ask. Are, are there yeah. some cases that kind of, like, uh, are a little difficult to deal with uh, yeah. in, in, this, in a sense of, like, uh, emotionally, uh-huh. I guess? Yeah, I, I mean, anybody who is in social work, um, one of the first things you learn when you're in school and starting to learn about this and one of the biggest things they always talk about is like self-care and you need to one and this is kind of going into when i because i have a master's in counseling so like i had to do practicums on like how to do therapy and one of the big things that was at least implanted in the program i went to at western michigan was like you need to know yourself inside and out before you can ever go in and deal with other people's shit because your stuff is you you're going to be like there's this thing called transference and counter-transference, where as a therapist, you always have to remain outside of that person's experience. And mm. if you start applying yourself and your own like judgment and your own perception into yeah. the conversation... See, you're describing... Yeah, so you need an objective. Out. He's describing a superhero. That's what you're describing. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what they do. Yeah. This is, you know... Um, and, and that's that's kind of the reason I ask is uh, I heard an, uh, a little NPR bit a while ago about particularly Michigan um, mental health social workers and, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. And about the fact that like uh, that is kind of a problem is that they're not getting the help that they need. Yeah. And, uh, hmm. you know, it's it's you need a therapist for the therapist well, kind that's, of thing. That's you know? what you have to do. So what I have, um, you know, when you initially get licensed in the state, you have what's called a limited, limited license or a temporary license. Sure. Which means you technically have to go what's called supervision, which is basically therapy for therapists, where you're talking about your cases with like a more experienced person who has this supervision license, okay. basically. So like on a, you have to collect so many hours before you can actually take the tests to become right. fully licensed. And I can apply that to the graphic novel watching the Watchmen, the yes. superheroes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's... But again, coming kind of coming back to everything, like it, it all translates to the business aspect. You know, I, I was a firm believer coming into the whole music thing that I need to have some sort of plan in yeah. case this doesn't work out. Like yeah, I want to sure. go all in. And for me, like, I have this weird, because I think it comes back to, like, how my dad died and everything, too, and going through all that. I have this weird, like, hero complex thing where, like, if I feel like if I'm not dedicating my life to helping other people, then, like, what's my purpose sort of thing? And I think that's the draw to music and, like, making music that, at least for me, I feel like can help. Well, and and that makes a lot of sense. I was just going to say, it seems like the one thing that really crosses over is empathy. Yeah. You know, as a musician, you have to be a people person, and part of being a people person is being able to empathize yeah. with the person you're talking to, mm-hmm. especially being a musician where you meet some really weird people sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I like weird. 
Yeah, I love weird, but it's it's uh, definitely an important part. It being able to, you gotta flex. Be personable with people. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if you want to do it like where it's your music and like people are coming specifically for what you've created. You do have to be able to because people come. People quit jobs because of managers. People, yeah, you know, go to absolutely. shows because they know the people. And at least starting out, right? There's that personal. And that comes back to, like, why I was so drawn to Humphreys. Because they were so good at making themselves so accessible. Right. They, they're right. not just the band okay. up on stage. Right. You know, they're exactly. these people. And you get to know them. You get And, and that's... I think you've had uh, probably enough time to get to know them that, like... I mean, do they recognize you when you see them? No, Not really that they that, got a that bunch level. of bald, bearded. Yeah, okay, fair they, enough. They don't Football have you on player. speed dial. Yeah, they don't have you on speed dial. <laughs> Not yet. Okay, fair enough. I'm I, sure I just know that you've met him enough. I've probably um, annoyed Jake enough. <laughs> he sees he's you like, coming oh, and he's like, God Fuck. damn it, this guy. I think it's possible. Um, <laughs> But not guaranteed. guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Like, I'm always like, I get drunk and I have to tell really stupid jokes because I think it's going to make me memorable. (laughs) Hey, man. It might, but in the wrong way. It might, but in the wrong way. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, he might see me coming and go the other way if there is any recognition there. (laughs) That's hilarious. Those guys were playing 200 plus shows a night around the U.S. every year. You know, how many fucking people come up to them and, oh, Oh, sure. But they're really good at being like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) (laughs) That was up, bro. Yeah, take a picture. Okay, all right, see you later. Uh, So now now that we're really winding up to what's going on in your life right now, uh, you're engaged. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Congratulations, Congratulations, man. That's exciting. Fucking partying, right? And so, and that's, uh, what's the plans? Can we come? Yeah, like, Um. uh, with the, you know, all the (laughs) shit going on, are you guys able to have, uh, uh, you know, a wedding ceremony? So, I don't really like weddings, personally. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to come out and say it. I hear you, man. (laughs) Even the whole marriage thing has been, you know, growing up as a child, a divorce, and being a social worker and dealing with <laughs> I can see how you're set up to not really be right. fully but I've seen couples I mean and your parents are a great example too like there are couples that I mean marriage is much more than just love you know yeah, it's it's an investment it's a contractual obligation to another human being to exist mm-hmm. and cohabitate holy shit you know so like there is <laughs> kind of once I started that. grasping and understanding that it kind of reframed like what I saw a relationship to be like in this partnership. And like, I need to be able to be my most vulnerable raw, raw self. Yeah. Like all faults, take it or leave it sort of thing. That dude, I, you know, it's a little bit different, but, uh, our relationship with the podcast, yeah. <laughs> and we've been, that's something we try to express to each other constantly is let's be vulnerable. Yeah. Let's be open. Let's keep the goofs, the stupid shit, you know, whatever, However, we can uh, be relatable to yeah. our audience. Yeah, you might different. you might think you sound like an idiot, or you said the wrong thing, or you shouldn't have talked about that story because it was too much personal information. Fuck that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I think that definitely applies to dealing with another human being in general. Yeah. I think you should always. It's it's good to be vulnerable and open. And if you want to be popular, which we're all in the ears game. I mean, you guys are looking for listeners, and I'm looking for listeners too. So like, right. if people 
can't relate to you, they're never going to listen. If they don't like you, why? What's the yeah? Yeah. What's the point of listening? Where's the pull? Well, hey, I I just wanted to backpedal really quick to the question: Are you having a? I don't know if you answered that. Yeah, no, I didn't. Are you having a ceremony? (laughs) We're good at that. Um, So we're doing. uh, We rented a house in. uh, It's like a cabin on sixty acres in Hastings, Michigan. Okay. And we're doing. It's nice. It's got like a big stone fireplace. Oh hell yeah! Um, Sounds hot. But we're just doing only our immediate family. So, yeah. like, parents, brothers, and sisters. Thing. Oh, we'll be there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I, was think, that I, I think we were supposed to ask if we could come. I did. I did. Well, we usually you, you, you wait for an invitation. <laughs> no, no, no. See, we'll be in the back with our equipment set up. But I've done point. that enough to you guys, I'm sure, at points. So, um, no, so we're no gonna, the plan is we're going to... once here's all the this, bride. <laughs> once <laughs> all this madness which it's kind of starting to feel like there's somewhat of a light at the end of the tunnel we'll yeah. see i, I yeah. feel like Who things knows? are happening a little too fast understandable yeah, but understandable i've yeah. been vaccinated and dealing with people throughout all of this so i've yeah. i've had a consistent sense of normalcy yeah you know well he's been working the whole time the whole, yeah. yeah yeah you have to right yep. yeah yep. so but we're gonna do like uh we're gonna rent out a hall or like a private room somewhere and do oh yeah you want to do like a disco themed yeah, cool, a little boogie yeah yeah all right yeah and just invite everybody we know related to the whole pandemic and how things have been weird and you know hopefully that will work out for you uh doing you know all of this recording that you've had going on for i don't even know how long i feel like you've been working on this project for a while Two but years. yeah yeah that's what Damn. i thought it was quite a while uh you know how has this all affected that has it complicated things Did it just um, ruin your momentum you know uh, was it hard? Because I know you said that you collaborated with a lot of different artists, a lot of different people. Um, how was that? How did that all work for you? So I, to be honest, the pandemic, in my opinion, kind of helped yeah. um, for we- where I'm at with what I'm doing. Because after we stopped with Secretary of Space, I just was like, I'm fucking done with this. Like, we had something great and it ended because one person wasn't committed. Like, I'm done having to rely on other people's commitment right. for my trajectory on where I want to go musically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's I when I was that. like, that's when I was like, I'm just going to write songs. Like I'm just going to focus on writing songs okay. that are concise. Good. Um, and so I mean, that's, that's the hardest part of, of, of trying to form a group or keep a group going is finding people with the same level of motivation with the same vision. Right. Um, you know, because if you, if you're not all expecting to get to the same place, in the same way at the same time and you're not all on the same page for or for things like how much do we practice yeah you not know. to say that it won't work but you know it's going to make things difficult yeah, yeah for, for sure 100 sure. yeah. yeah so that's that's when i was like all right i'm done with it so and throughout all that process i was just like i'm gonna make an album i like these songs so i just started any person i knew that could play i would ask them i was like <laughs> hey i'm working on an album <laughs> One of those guys. You just give it. Oh, for hey, sure. Man. Get build the Rolodex. Yeah. Kind of yeah. The, the, the Surround the yourself with talent. Is, yeah. I mean, be the I least love talented that. person in the room has always been my mentality. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I I'm, love that. I'm, I'm making an album. Uh, be there Thursday, three o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, yeah. So I, I actually started this process two years ago. Um, I had called out to Joe Hedinga when I found out he was living in Michigan. Who, if your listeners don't know, Joe Hedinga is. A local producer in Grand Rapids, uh, local musician. 
Mm. Um, but he was, he did tour nationally for years with yeah. his band Strange Arrangement. Strange Arrangement. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's he thought. was, he interned in Chicago, I think, at the studio under, I, Joe, I'm sorry if I'm not saying this properly, because I remember <laughs> you telling somebody this, but it's I could be completely screwing it up. But, um, did I say watching? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I don't know, but we have it on recording, so we can tell you for Joe, sure. Joe, if you're listening, sorry, but I think he studied under Manny Ch- Sanchez, who was the guy who produces all the Umphreys albums, too. Okay. Um, because he's real connected, like, and then he did uh, a couple of those Umphrey side projects. The, what was the big digital tape machine? Digital tape machine, yeah. I met Joe, I mean, years ago, I guess now, because of uh, Hippo. Yeah. And then the Strange Arrangement and Hippo yeah. shows, which I think Strange Arrangement at the time when I had joined up with Hippo wasn't really a thing. But then they came back and did like a couple little reunion shows yeah. and they were always around. And uh, he always sat in with Dave on the keyboard, yeah, playing tread in the key. So yeah. he's such a brilliant musician, indeed. Man. He's always like the first time I met him, it was like some random guy at summer camp, like, "Hey, come check out this band <laughs> on the you know the small camp stage." And, and, they I, and that car stayed, it. and that CD stayed in my car for years. You know, it was like. And, was, and so did he produce and record then? So he did all the tracking okay. and producing, like the tracking producing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like I came into Third Coast, I we did, I think we locked out three weekends. So 10 hour days, 10 to 15 hour days each day, you know, three, four days in a row. Um, and I was actually living in Iowa at the time. I was working That's right. for a different company uh, yeah, before had... I started working at the hospital. I was out there working at a facility in Iowa. And I would fly back for a weekend and just record. And then I'd fly back to Iowa and be like in the thick of it again. And you know, that's something that I don't think a lot of people, uh, especially... Private jet. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) A lot of people I don't think realize, you know, there's such a, a mysticism around musicians and musicians' lives and how they do things and touring and what life is like and, you know, oh, it's partying and doing this. Dude, it's so much work, and especially like you're right. doing your your normal job. You're in Iowa. You're flying home to do ten to fifteen hour days like, in a studio. Fuck, dude, I thought this weekend was tough. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, <laughs> even today, like today's my day off, and we're doing this. Which, not to say like I don't lo- I'd love. I no, no, it. we this, get it. I love no, doing no, this. We are totally and then I've got band, and then I've got band practice right now. We do after, understand, right, you know? So it's like there's never a day off. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't stop. And right. it, 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 well, it's a personal love, which yeah. obviously of helps, of course. Yeah. But it, even we've had the moments with our podcast where, like, you know, we recorded Wednesday, edited it Wednesday, posted it Thursday, and then loaded up our equipment Thursday, went to Lansing Friday, went to Grand yeah, Rapids it's Saturday. Just been it's been nonstop. And here yeah. we are recording again, you know. And it's yeah. all good. Yeah, it's all good. But especially with how fucking stagnant we've been lately with covid and everything i mean it's good to be active it does feel good but it's kind of like uh just fucking just diving right into it right right you guys jumped in head first yeah but uh so how many people total did you have on the album i know i was looking at the list earlier Uh, it's close to 20 for sure yeah Yeah. when it comes down to like all the different producers that's awesome follow-up question how many hours do you think you put in in the studio total (laughs) at least 200 Nice. Wow. Damn, At least. Wow. I mean, especially if you're going to include all the times I sat God damn. in my studio here, just listening to right. different mix and like adjusting just like that, just like the, the straight mix, little bit, the tiniest yeah. little things. And like, what do I want to do when I go into the mixing session and making notes and sending notes yeah. and charts and communicate? If you include all that stuff, just so many countless. Yeah, and countless I'm not going to try and remember everybody. I do have, I do remember a few of the the people on the album. Well, and yeah. you actually already mentioned a few of the horn players earlier, right. yeah. your producer. And uh, there was Max Brown, one I think, was is listed. Yeah. Who's playing? He actually, he only plays on one track, and it was kind of funny. There's one track, which ironically, what we were just talking about, it's called Off the Dock, which is this concept of 
you got to go all in. Right. Like, either go all in, jump off the dock, or, like, Mm -hmm. it's not really going to go anywhere. Um, He had moved to Nashville at that point, and he, I just had seen a video of him. He had just bought a pedal steel. Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. And I hit him up right away. And Max and I have known each other a long time. So he gave me just, you know, of course, the dirtiest, cheapest rate ever to like, <laughs> and you know, he did it in yeah. a couple hours. It wasn't like a bunch, but it was, I know his studio time is much more expensive than what he right. charged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, a big producer in Nashville now. Yeah. But, um, and yeah, he just, he sent, we just, there was a lot of bouncing files around. That's what I did with, uh, with Rob Campo too from Dopapod. Right. Yeah. Um, he's on one of those tracks, that track, Leave It Alone. Uh, and that was the same thing. I just sent him uh, the track. And I said, you know, the, the timestamps of, you know, I, all right, I want to solo here, build tension. Um, oh, you know, so Rob, with, Rob did that remotely then? He did that remotely. Nice. Hell and yeah. the, the last, the, that last solo section he does in that, he, I mean, he composed it all. I didn't yeah. write anything. Yeah. It's all his yeah. composition. It sounds like him. Yeah, for sure. But the last part, like the, the guitar mini part at the end, all, my only note was like, make it sound like dogs from Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> he just absolutely crushed oh, yeah. it. So. Uh, was there... I know I could be wrong on this. Uh, were there some Green Sky members? Yeah, uh, just one. Uh, just Mike one. Bont, Michael okay. Bont, the banjo player banjo, from Green Sky, yeah. but he plays guitar awesome. on a track too. Okay, cool. 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 Um, so yeah, he's he's on he's all over that album. He was um, really really generous with his time and his guidance throughout the because you know Green Sky's been doing it hard for twenty plus years now. Um, what is it, Mark? Uh, Mark Lavengood. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Mark Mark used to play with Billy Strings too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. with uh Lindsay. I've actually had the pleasure of running lights for him. I guess that was Cow Pie a couple of years ago now. Nice. So, Mark's so. just a super genuine too. Yeah, he's it's so lovable, that yeah. guy. It's uh he's a lot of fun too. Yeah, so it was just you know them and then I uh my buddy Jack McDonald who plays stand up bass, he was uh the principal jazz band player at Western. Oh wow. He did all like the bluegrass tracks. Cool. Um and so, so, so you, you've got stand-up bass, you've got horns, you've mm-hmm. got uh, different people sitting in. Did he play banjo or just guitar? He plays banjo. So you've too. got banjo, guitar, mm-hmm. you've got uh, you've got Max doing the steel, you mm-hmm. said. So, like, how many instruments total are on that then? I, I, I mean... I mean, even, like, just Joe, like, the setup at Third Coast, you walk in, and the keyboard setup is, like, a Studio Grand, a Rhodes, a Hammond yeah. B3, um couple different like a moog sub fatty Damn. Um, did you have any like uh violin strings no strings this time no around. strings this time around. it's just it started to get too expensive too much yeah. too expensive <laughs> you, had to, you had to cut the 50 didgeridoos and uh, <laughs> well and that's like you know the gospel choir you had coming and in made an al- album themselves in like a big sound room with a, a, a vault full of just like really great instruments because third coast you open up i mean like yeah. when i did my guitar tracking they wheeled out seven different vintage you know every like the classic vox ac30 like fender twin like 70s awesome. original speakers and you're like awesome. let's use them all <laughs> well they roll them all out and then they just move the microphone and they're like figure out which tone you want for what song oh, nice. man that's really that's cool. really cool i mean the setup there is just absolutely amazing you know it's it's definitely higher end for what you're going to pay for but like i mean you show up and they have interns there to unload Fuck and yeah. like set your shit up for you so Fuck it's like yeah. you don't have to do anything um super super professional thing they were so over there i've had the chance to listen to i think most of it you you had messaged me one night and kind of sent me things i don't know why you valued my opinion on that but i you... did that to a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> i found i realized there was something that clicked with me that if you ask for feedback and give it to people before then you know they're gonna listen to it yeah, yeah. so right. 
and, and, I, and not that I don't value people's opinion. There's, believe me, a lot of opinions that I didn't really need. Right. Um, you anytime you're willing to, to be vulnerable and tell people and ask for it, though, I feel like they listen to it with a little bit more of a conscious and real ear. No, so that, I did that I, with a lot of people. I definitely remember the McElroys talking about that, where if you ask for, uh, you know, opinions, people are usually, you know, people that are maybe fans or closer to you or whatever are more than willing to help you out and give you some feedback, but you do have to be very... Uh, you got to be really careful with any of the feedback that you get because, you know, you've asked them for what they think about it. So, yeah, so you gotta, how you respond should be, you know, uh, appropriate. appropriate There's you. definitely been where I had to turn on, like, the social worker of, like, oh, that's really thoughtful. Like, yeah. I really appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That, that, was you don't know, that was probably You me. don't have any fucking clue what he you're talking about. He was probably messaging me back, like, yeah, thanks, dude, sure. No, your, your feedback was great, man. <laughs> but so beyond that, though... Uh, I can I can establish my own opinions and thoughts, but I wanted to know: Has there been um, have people listened to enough of it now that has anybody like tried to say like, "Oh, you sound like this," or "Oh, you you sound like fucking Sturgill Simpson," or "You sound like what?" Is there anybody that tried to compare you to another sound? So when I was in Iowa, and this is funny, this will kind of bring it full circle. Um, when I was going and recording, you know, I would come back with whatever I had done that weekend. Right. And a lot of the, I was living in a town with like 2,000 people. So not to, you know, but a small town called Small. Right. Yeah, small. In, in the middle yeah. of Iowa, like the closest city is Kansas City, which is three hours away. Right. right? You're, you're in the thick of it. It's flat. Um, <laughs> so, and, but like Dave Matthews was like one of the first ones yeah. that I got a lot of. 2,000 um, people, so the capital of Iowa, right? That's where they are. I thought of that one a little late. I didn't mean to interrupt. But. Dave Matthews, though. So I what got it, that. I've gotten Seal. Like Kissed by a Rope? Like, like, yeah, that like, Seal. Nice. Seal. Wow. Um, definitely. Uh, I really tried to steer away on this album from what I had done before. So doing the bluegrass yeah. stuff. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely was. A, that's a huge change from what most we people are very there. surprised. Like, uh, people are always like, "Oh, okay, so like, what are you playing on this album?" And my response is, you know, the cocky, egotistical. I'm playing the band. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're always like, "What?" Like, I wrote the songs. I'm doing the arrangements. Like, right. I made all this happen. This and is this is your album. It's yeah. It's like, my. This is my album. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and granted, like it could have not have happened without the talent of course. and, and yeah. dedication from a lot of other people. Credit where it's due. Always. Of course, hundred percent. Most people are very surprised that it's me singing. They're like, well, Seal Dave Matthews. Me. Now, how did you feel with uh, uh, the Dave Matthews? Were you like, was that like a right? It's just inevitable. You yeah. know, it's why well, it, kind of meant like did it feel good? Because I know Matthews you used fan. to. You yeah. were saying you know you liked it. So like, did that feel like I loved it? I saw a bunch of Dave. Just kind of ingrained in you, yeah. obviously, yeah. because if it's coming through in your music, well, then... he, he was my biggest inspiration on yeah. playing acoustic guitar and writing songs right. for a All long right. time. So there we go. We got that answer without having to ask the cheesy question. What's your inspiration? What's your inspiration, man? Yeah, I mean, well, we didn't have to draw attention to the fact that we. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know where we started on it, but yeah, that's. I, I would say those would be the, the the only two that I've gotten. I don't know if anybody's really listened to it, and I've been pretty careful about what. Like, I don't send anybody the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you bits and I pieces. I get to you, I know, because like you and I are, are you know, on a different level. Ryan's right. not going to leak that shit. Right, you're, you guys aren't going to leak. Jokes that. on him. And I've been be selling honest, it for. Weeks. I don't think I'm, I'm that like at any point where like my thing would get leaked. It's not like. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. There's so much shit out there at this point. But like I said, jokes on you. I've sold two million copies. Already. Yeah. 
free, <laughs> for, for the free 99 price. <laughs> That's the best part is you spend so much money and time and dedication in doing this. And it's just like, and give it away. For he me. changed yeah. it. He changed it from Woots to uh, Dutes. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I guess to wrap it around, uh, what... I don't know. I don't want you to be pigeonholing yourself here right. by any means. But what do you think? Uh, what would you tell people that you sound like? Um, I, to be honest, I just think it's good old rock and roll. Yeah, just a solid Americana. If I'm playing f- with a, the full piece, so like I really am going for the eclectic diversity yeah. angle. Like yeah. I really love bands like uh, Radiohead where they all switch instruments, and every song is a different, is a little completely different yeah. song, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the, or Zero Seven is another group, like just how they use textures and how they do all that. So. With this album, I really wanted to, and I like I didn't. I probably my least favorite music growing up was bluegrass music. It's it's the kind of album that like a talent agent will listen to and be like, yeah, it kind of needs a theme. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, a little yeah, too eclectic for yeah, it. a little too eclectic. too eclectic. I hate that, yeah, man. Yeah, it, yeah. Look, dude, you can't play jazz and then do a bluegrass right. song and then do rock in one album. Right. Why the Why? fuck not? We have no idea because the industry's <laughs> assholes and they're like, yo, this is how this works. Well, and I think for me too, it's like my debut one. So why not do all the things I can do on it? And now I can get into like, so yeah. my next album can be. A, bluegrass album my next album can be a jazz album I don't know. no no it's I'm smooth not jazz we're talking we're talking fly on the wall smooth jazz cocktail party yeah well uh look before we get to our titular spill the bean segment i uh, just real quick do you think that there were any um you know big mention uh, quote unquote mentionable mishaps did you have any big blunders in the recording process that are you know worth mentioning and or men- even if mentioning mentioning, mentioning? Oh, wow well man. even if not through the recording process today. is there any mentionable mishap that sticks out through the years of the industry sure yeah Ooh, or yeah. even further back yeah if you, you know if you can't any, think of any good juicy story there or <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's some some i probably shouldn't say yeah here, sure but, uh... understandable <laughs> The, the young, uh, rock, the young he's gonna be mad if he listens to it. Okay, well let's. It. Um, no, perfect. I won't say names. Out. No, yeah, leave, leave the names, names out. out. Yeah, so names I, out. And Colin was. I think you were there. This was when we were playing with Secretary of Space, and we had played at a festival that you were also running sound at too. Oh yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. I know the yeah. one you're talking about. Um, which is a great little fest that our friends put on. It's more of just kind of like friends hanging out, and there's a stage kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, the drummer in the band at the time was really on a. Uh, he liked to drink. We'll say that. I mean, um, it happens. Great drummer. Stereotypical. Well, band. let's be honest. That was like what Good eight guy. years ago now. Great Love human. Seven years Love ago, one of my best friends in the world. This was definitely a speed bump in our friendship. For I a actually, while. I actually just talked to him right before the podcast yeah. episode. I was trying to dig up some dirt on you, but really? yeah, mm-hmm. but that's I, not very. People easy. have nothing but great things to say. <laughs> <laughs> Except it you. was impossible. <laughs> Spotless. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely have plenty of blunders, and I've not been perfect in my life yeah. by any means. And we clearly being facetious. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so we, <laughs> this particular show, it's one of those things where we were playing a slot, and they had a keg for the band. And and this guy was is one of those people where like, you you got to cut him off and like tell him pretty sternly like, this is your last one. <laughs> we have it. to play music. <laughs> enjoy it because you're getting sloppy. Like and. Like a lot of drummers, when they have too many, their tempo gets off and they kind of get yeah. in their own space. And <laughs> if you're yeah. like me, you just kind of throw up when you get done playing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he actually does that every time we're done recording, too. He just leans <laughs> over the... He's booking to the bathroom throw up. Oh, I just was... I thought maybe you just... Like, yeah, right next to the right table. on the floor. We got to clean it up every time. 
Um, so, so anyways, it was fine. We ended up doing the gig. The gig went fine. And then, of course, you know, we're up till whatever time. Yeah. But he decided that it Those was one of our, it was our bass player's birthday. 10. And so he's like, well, I'm going to run to the store and get some liquor because there's no liquor here. And we're like, okay, whatever, dude. Like, <laughs> we're done playing. You can do whatever you want at this point. Back Mind in... you, we're splitting a tent with him, and I'll get to that later. <laughs> so we're there. And after about two hours, we're both like, where did so-and-so go? Like where, where where is he? We haven't seen him. Like, have you seen him? Like, yeah, I haven't seen haven't him. Haven't seen him. So, long story short, we were talking about. I so, I will name this person because there's no really blemishing things on him. So, our buddy Skunk that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, Skunk Hero. He's Skunk good found yeah. our drummer in the middle of the woods, screaming, <laughs> "Help! <laughs> Help! <laughs> we're talking in the middle of the woods, like, dude." Like yeah. this, 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 this location of this festival is deep. Yeah, like you like, need to know where you're going, yeah. and there's roads that lead different into directions. the woods, and then it's just dead end. There's like the I don't want to ruin your story, but it, sorry to interrupt, Colin. But is, it, you know, um, at this time, the skunk helping. I mean, is that kind of like, it's like the blind leading the blind, isn't it? <laughs> at the That's time, the irony of the story. It's like skunk found you, dude. Like at that time, you know. God bless you, skunk. I love you. Yeah. Thank you for finding our, great. our friend. <laughs> so the story even gets more. If it more. wasn't for skunk, he might still be out there today. <laughs> the story gets more elaborate from here, too. Okay. Well, so like, well, and just to like okay, paint right. the picture, that festival was, it was the kind of festival where, like, you know, there's the entrance to the grounds, the area, and then there's a trail that you have to yeah, like, yeah, haul that's what we were just your saying. equipment on. Yeah. That is like what, like probably a good forty-five minutes long if you're walking. If you're you walking, know? for sure. Yeah, it's and, up and down like sand hills. And, and, shit. and there's it's the deep. main trail that they use for the vehicles, and then there's like you said, it's, tons yeah. of paths yeah. shooting it's a off. Spider of it. web. It's and a it's spider web. Dark. Yeah, and it's dark. Yeah, there's real no dark. dark. No light. They actually, I don't know if you know this, but they actually they have trail cams posted all around out there, really? and they pulled a trail cam photo of him in the dark, like <laughs> going like they're reaching around, <laughs> like his hand. Out in front of him, like can't see shit. I've seen the picture, and it's. Oh, and if he's listening to this, he knows exactly who we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, we love you, buddy. so he comes. Yeah, we love you, bud. Yeah, you bird. Uh, so, so the, it gets a little heavy here at this point. Yeah. So, long story short, he gets back. We're finding him. We're happy. We're like, oh, did you ever make it to the liquor store, bud? Like, of course not. Of course not. So, <laughs> so we go to woods. sleep. It's me, uh, our bass player, and the drummer sleeping in the tent. And the next thing I know, it's morning, and our bass player just goes, what the fuck? <laughs> Covered in urine. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well we had had a whole talk on the way there our drummer was like oh I don't want you guys sleeping in my tent and I was like too bad we didn't fucking bring one so we're <laughs> so sleeping you put yourself into so this we've... <laughs> it's almost like he knew karma <laughs> so I was fine because I slept on the other side but nice. he was in the middle and he got oh just... man so it was rough but don't lie you don't he's lie not, you pissed on to him be... too he's nowhere to be found at this point again. wait what he's gone he's gone again <laughs> So we're like freaking out, like where the fuck? God. And then all of a sudden we hear, and mind you, this this particular camp, this web, this uh, festival, you don't drive your car. Like you park your car in a lot, and like Colin was saying, they like 
even like if you're an artist, they take a golf cart and bring you to the stage. Yeah, they shuttle you. Right, yeah. they shuttle you. So it's far in. So like nobody has their cars up there. There's yeah. maybe like a car for production. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we just hear music blasting and hear a car coming. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm kind of happy at this point when I see his car because I was like, I don't want to fucking go through these yeah. golf carts and shit. Yeah. Like we can just load his car and leave. Gets out of the car. Still hammered. Six get, has a six pack. Found the liquor store apparently. <laughs> of two hearted, and we're just like Jesus Christ. Like I'm ready to go home. Like it's been already a rough time. So long story short, we end up getting everything loaded up and we start to leave. And sure as shit, so he's I, already. I'm like I'm gonna drive. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, he yeah. won't. He refuses to let me drive. Oh god. But what he's at was... a point where I think he's all right. Yeah. That was a mistake. Oh, <laughs> shit. So, sure as shit, he goes down one of the wrong trails. So now we know how we got lost. <laughs> and the whole time, I'm like, this isn't the way. This isn't the way. This isn't the way. This isn't the way. He's like, yeah, yes, it is. I was like, dude, this is how you got lost. Like, we're screaming at him at this point. Oh, God. And of course, sure as shit, we come to a dead end. <laughs> Throws it in reverse. Boom! Slams into a tree. <laughs> Thank God that tree was there because after the tree was about a 30-foot drop. Oh, oh shit. Because shit. Yeah. there's like little yeah, valleys. Yeah, little, little, little dips. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that could have been really bad, huh? So at that point, I ripped him out of the seat. Yeah. And we, our friendship went through definitely some... So Which again, this was like eight years ago. Yes, yeah, it was. Now, now, yeah. he's, he's one of my best friends in the world, and I love him dearly. Right. And we've, but, we've worked our way through that. You, and I was an asshole after that for a while, too. And I was not in a great space in my life. You know, either, I think I was pretty mad at him after What that. I found most fascinating about that story, though, is his. Uh, how he can so easily get lost not once but twice multiple times and the, somehow the uncanny ability to find the liquor, the liquor store. store I was thinking that too how'd you get out to the liquor store how did he get store? to his car <laughs> right like what He's, he amazes me sometimes uh, a so. wonderful wonderful mentional mishap but yeah, we are great. we're gonna we're gonna do one of our favorite bits yeah. uh, this is spill the beans we're okay. making this a nice thing here so we've got each of us are gonna do some questions now like we said though digging up dirt on you was not easy and I no I don't think so really I don't think we found any and usually we go through like people's Facebooks and look at photos and try and see try and talk to some people and find yeah, out try some and find stuff some things. you're one of those guests that we already know pretty we know well, you so, so well it's hard it's, to find all the dirt for yeah, the most part. yeah it's hard so uh, most I'm of my just... dirt's with you guys actually so. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true uh, alright so I'm gonna go hard in the paint allegedly. on this first question though okay. I, I have something that might maybe uh, shock you for a second but I want to know, what was the first thing that you thought about me when you met me when I was 17 and started playing with you? Because I had heard through the grapevine at that age what you guys thought of me. So I just want to know, I want to hear from you. What did you think of me when you first met me? I thought you were cocky. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. It. You were a cocky little shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked that. I liked that. Because yeah, I'm cocky as fuck too. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think you have to like... You knew what you were doing. That was very obvious. Mm -hmm. But you were also 17. 17, and yeah, I, I didn't know shit. 26 <laughs> yeah. at that point, 25. He knew what he was doing on the drum set. As far as on the road. On the road, it was a little different. He was oh, great. I didn't know anything. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. that was okay. Like, I knew that going into it. Yeah, okay. So I But had... there was a lot of points where it was just like, okay, yeah, seven, not that he's siblings... 17 years old. He's a teen. Like, he's. 
still, he's I'm still learning. developing. Yeah. Like, I was still a senior in high school. Like, I skipped a day of school right. to go out with you I guys. Remember, yeah. Yeah. You skipped prom to do a oh, yeah, show I skipped at Bells. Prom. Uh, we did the Bells, headlining right. at Bells, yeah. My senior prom night was at Bells. But um, other than that, yeah. yeah, there was no... So oh, yeah, the, that's right. <laughs> jo- yeah, right? So Josh had heard through the grapevine that you guys had thought that way. Yeah. And I he, don't remember this, by the way, he but told, that sounds right. Yeah, and you, you had he had kind of plugged it to me like, hey, man, if you want to keep playing with them, like, this is what they think of you right now. You might want to totally change dial, your attitude. Dial it down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> and of course, I was like super self-conscious at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that's the way they think of me. I can't believe I did that. And so we go to do a show at uh, The Loft in uh-huh. Lansing. And my cousin, Craig, comes to the show, and I'm, like, introducing you guys to him. as you know, his nickname is Ed. Ed. Oh, yeah. And so we get in the car, and we're all, like, introducing each other. Like, oh, this is my cousin. And he's like, yeah, my name's Ed with two Ds for a double dose of this pimping. And I was just... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm trying not to seem cocky. I want to be cool. I don't want my cousin to be cocky. He, he's like, going to think our entire our family, family is like this. Just full of cocks. Like, I was just like, full oh, of cocks. oh my God. And at the time, at least, Josh, I mean, Josh is like the opposite of cocky. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean that as like, you're like one of the most humble fucking dudes. Yeah, I tend world. to be and more I, timid. And I look up to, I look up to that. No. Because I don't know how to do that. It's <laughs> well, something I envy. Well, and I was going to say, you know, siblings aren't cookie cutters by any means. No, but, you know, we do kind of fit into a weird you know the sibling trope and like ryan being the youngest does make him i think a little bit more outgoing a little more yeah. cocky as you guys are saying right. well, you know you but, guys raised me so well right. when, it's your fault <laughs> when you're the run to the group as you like to point out when you're the run to the group it, not to say you were the run but yeah well i'm definitely you when know, you're the youngest li- i'm your big little brother right. so <laughs> when, you, when you're the youngest it kind of forces you to learn how to deal with difficult situations using humor so you yeah. very quickly became the class clown yeah that's and definitely yeah absolutely. I, he, I i'm sure you know this but for our listeners who don't ryan actually won homecoming king oh yeah for sure and, and, it, 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 and it was a genuine win it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't one of those joke things where everyone thought he whoa, was whoa, whoa, like whoa. you know the it loser the, it, it i don't know been, yeah <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, a little, a bit, little of both. bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Well, being a band kid in a like school where band was popular, that made it easy. But yeah. so, next question: uh, If you could have a theme song, uh, what would you what would you say your theme song is? What would the style maybe even if you don't have like a, a song that you would pick? Like, what would if, if there was a music playing behind you when you walk into a room? Oh what is God. it? Why did the Monday Night Football theme just come out? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like the fox? Like, <laughs> <laughs> huh. I don't know why that, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Is that what I personally would want? Uh, no, no, not at all. No. no. I'm a Saturday Night Live guy. <laughs> I want that sax player. Oh, God. He's Dude, great. he rips, man. Dude's a legend. I don't know. That's tough. That's a good question. Yeah. Which you always that is a tough I, question. I used I have to no be idea. into WWF wrestling when I was okay. like a kid. Yeah, right. And I always used to think about like what would my intro? Yeah. yeah. So maybe something That's like a really the good new, way of putting it. I think it would have. I think it would evolve over time. Personally, yeah, so, yeah. Okay. It's like, it's like when people ask you what's your, what's your favorite. It's like, yeah. I mean, what, fucking yeah. yeah. What's the fucking mood? And ask me next day. week. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know. I would say currently, right now, at this time, I'm super into Tom Mish right now. So okay. pretty much anything that he does or produces. All right. So any, just like any, any maybe per, in, in the mood particular, like whatever the song. Yeah, fits. like the neo soul jazz vibe. All right, or something like that. All right. Uh, and just because I apparently shorted myself a question, I'm going to steal one of yours, Kyle. Go for it. Uh, <laughs> what's one thing you'd change about the industry? 
if you could? The music industry? Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> well, not that one. The healthcare yeah. industry, there's a lot. Yeah, oh, there's no, a problem. We'll, we'll not, not talk about that. Well, I would say the, the biggest <laughs> thing that I would change is... Spill the beans, man. Cut it open. Just I just I, for out. me, I'm at this point where I've I've put so much hard work into something, um, and you really have to. I don't know. I guess I don't know if I would change it. It's just hard. It's hard to do it by yourself. Yeah, I, mm. and maybe I'm just reaching the point where it's like I'm burning the candle at both ends way too much. Maybe I need some help. Yeah, and I'm like learning that I need to delegate that. Right. Um, but I think the access to those people. Is easier really access. easier access and just the 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 people who are not creators and artists that like attach themselves to the industry and then get into these positions of power when they don't really need mm. to be there or deserve it. Yeah, yeah. I, or maybe I, their heart's just a few not in it. I've you encountered know. over my years that just like you know they they. I mean, you get fucked over a lot. You I, get I was, shit all and, and over. To put it into just... nicer terms, just because I know I've run into people like that as well who who meant well, but it didn't work well. They fail you in yeah. a sense. You yeah. Know? They they don't produce what they're supposed to uh, to 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 help you along the way. And for and whether they meant to or not, them. you know, you end up getting fucked over in the situation, right. and, right. it, and it hurts you mainly. And maybe some of it may just be personal stuff too. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's hard to separate sure you know yourself but just like you know and and really at the end of the day it comes back to just like we said with having a band like you have to have people in your circle i mean yeah i mean i would many... say 50 percent, if not more of the music industry is n- just networking connecting yeah, yeah. you know about about who you so know maybe just accessibility to people people yeah. that are more into i mean but again it is you got to feed your feed your kids so if yeah, you can I get it, for a course. corporation do the same thing and make five times the amount of money why wouldn't you do that right i don't think I really, it's, it's another one of those is, weird it's indisposable at this point there's so much shit out there all the time every time i look at the computer i'm like excited about this release but it's like nobody's gonna listen to it there's so much shit out there <laughs> yeah. plenty know? of people how do you stand to out it, they, it definitely you know you stand they will. out by being you bud yeah yeah <laughs> you are you it's uh it, it reminds me of uh a gig that I had where I was playing with uh, the Irish group that I used to and still play with sometimes. Uh, we were doing a Kaylee dance, and it, there were a lot of there was a lot of downtime because these aren't professional dancers dancing. Uh, you know, it, it's just a bunch of people coming in and having fun, right. learning the dance moves and stuff from a caller that we have there. Yeah, so there's a lot of breaks in between to let people rest and get their breath back. And I would just go out into the hallway that they had where they had some bookshelves and pick a book and start reading. And I found one on music business. And the guy who, like, managed the building uh, saw me looking at it. And he's like, oh, that's a good book right there. Hmm. Um, And he claimed, and I don't know if this is true, he claimed it was the first book ever written uh, about music business. Um, That seems like a hard claim. (laughs) Right. That's why I said I don't know (laughs) if that's true. That's a big claim. Uh, But, you know... that being said, it must have been like a 1950s, 1960s book, and it was old and falling apart for sure. Yeah. Um, but I do remember right along what Josh was saying, the guy said in the first couple of pages, 10% of you being successful in the music industry is your product. 90% of you being successful in the yeah. music yeah. industry is who you know. Yeah, yeah. I said for 50 sure. and I felt conservative. And, and that's, <laughs> that's always been... Yeah. A well-known factor, and that's you know? why people move to L- like when they want to do it, they go to LA, they go to Nashville, right? They go to, they these go to those, those where, markets, where and all areas. the people are there. You know, yeah. I mean, Nashville's literally built on 
music music and how yeah. to like like they have a like a college program yeah. on how to make it in the music industry mm-hmm. you yeah know? so like you know, and maybe it's just where I'm at. You know, I've been doing the independent artist thing for so long. It's hard to be an independent well, artist. Well, you know, if you had your long flowing hair and you were still ripped and chiseled. It's true. And maybe know. if I was better at guitar. But... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just a random tangent. Uh, back to Spill the Beans. Uh, so, I'm sure you know that we're. it's no secret that we're pretty big into video games yeah and if you listen to the podcast they come up way too often mm-hmm. um <laughs> not often enough i think no, is what you meant i know that especially with you being such a busy guy all the time you you have a limited downtime to watch movies or play video games but is there a video game that yeah and i've never like really a favorite for you yeah a favorite was there something you used I've never to really play? known you to like play a lot of video yeah. games but i do think that you games you, in general yeah. i just i'm so competitive yeah. yeah. So, it, like, I really, like, not part of myself I like comes out sometimes when I, like, do competitive activities. <laughs> cut yourself so off on video games? I, I, cut my, I yeah. started cutting myself off, but I was super into Mario Kart as a yeah. kid, for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I play, I have, um, uh, the... I've been playing The Witcher lately. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Yeah, good I, I bought a new computer, like, when I was setting up my new studio, mm. and... And I got like a really nice high-end like gaming computer. Yeah, and I was like, why yeah. did I ever buy like a, like a PlayStation? Like, yeah, no, like, computers are amazing. It's there, and it's yeah. like way better quality. Oh so, man, yeah. PC, dude. They so kill yeah, it. I've been I've been doing that. I did get what was that game that came out that was supposed to be huge and ended up sucking. Oh, I mean, which one? The, the newest, yeah, right. like, <laughs> the newest open world RPG, like set in the future, like mm-hmm. Cyberpunk. Yeah, oh, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. I started playing that. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. I got maybe. I, maybe uh, 50 hours a game. I was like, this game's terrible. So, I'm really glad I never played that. That's impressive, 50. Bad. Well, in there, right? <laughs> it's a good amount of time in yeah. to be like, hey, man, this sucks. But 20 of those hours was spent like, what do I do here? Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> they don't, there's yeah, no right. tutorial. They just dump you in the game. Yeah, you're just, just like, there. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that, okay. was, that was a catastrophe and of a game. Yeah. That, that game actually released like at a time during the whole quarantine lockdown whatever you want to call it where i had gotten legitimately bored of video games oh yeah we like, weren't I was, even playing i was we like I, i'm done yeah. like f- at least for a little while there, and i was leg- like a couple months there that we took a break just kind of didn't play and uh that came out and i just didn't have any motivation to buy it or play it and now i'm glad i didn't yeah because mm-hmm. it yeah Apparently was that bad. It I think they've done a lot of upgrades and stuff to make it a little bit better, but yeah. I just I think they just rushed it. As all. is tradition, they wanted to get it out when everybody was buying everything. Yeah. So right? Yeah, of course they rushed it. You're at the end of a long, successful yet tumultuous career. Uh, you know you've had your ups and downs, but Music, but you made it. They're making a biopic about you. Who plays Evan Wooters? Yeah, Ooh. we're talking like we're talking like the Johnny Cash biopic, right? You know what I mean? Or like Char um, or Dirt with the Paul Motley Giamatti. Charles Paul Giamatti. Paul <laughs> Giamatti. Yeah. Okay, I could see it. I guess. No, J- Jason Statham. Ooh, oh, shit. Dude, he's not really that great of an actor, though. No, no. but he, he doesn't he's have got, that much depth. No, but the but look he, and the intensity. He's got the look definitely. and the intensity, but yeah. the accent. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think he could pull off the yeah. Michigan accent. Midwest Jason oh, Statham. <laughs> Midwest Jason yeah. Statham. Yeah. Paul Giamatti's my favorite actor. Okay. And he's awesome. bald, but he's bald, we don't right. really look alike, but maybe older life. Hmm. Oops. Sorry there. <laughs> Jeez. That was really good. That was really good. That was good. 
That's okay. if Jason Statham oh, plays Batman. Oh, jeez. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right. Uh... <laughs> uh, so somebody gifts you an elephant, pet elephant. You're not allowed to give it away or sell it. What do you do with it? Eat it one bite at a time. Oh, oh fuck. shit. That, kinda... wasn't, that was dark. That was, was my... not where I thought it was going. That was like the first thing that I actually <laughs> thought of. I don't know why. with you guys. You're just going to okay, eat Okay, didn't you elephant? say that this is like some You've sort of like that a... that phrase? <laughs> no, I have. That's like my mantra, that phrase. Like, cause eat it one bite this, at a time. Especially this, this album was just like, I had no idea what I was getting myself. No, into. I definitely, I get what you're saying. It's just that's a nice one, metaphor. One bite actually. at a time. Yeah, that's what he's that's, saying. How do you, this, a guy that used to be my mentor, he, one time that. I was freaking out about like how are we gonna like blah 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 and he's like hey man how do you eat an elephant and i was like what and he's like one bite at a time <laughs> like, you got this just dude, like this slow the fuck down and just start doing things and you'll My, be so now yeah. what, what if like you <laughs> know mean, I didn't get you rid say, of it yeah, yeah it's so perfect colin didn't you say that this was like a some sort of like uh uh it was a random interview question oh, that interview I saw. question that's used a lot. Oh, now, I got that. Joke. I'm imagining like <laughs> yeah, exactly. the HR person take it, doing this interview, and they've got like a list of like when that you get this answer to this question. What it's telling you, and it's like eat the elephant. <laughs> Fuck, that one's not on here. Hire this man and give him a fucking raise. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think we're on to Josh. Connor in Biomassive in our previous guest episode, he had mentioned that they have gas, uh, something that he called gas. Uh, it's gear acquisition syndrome, and we love new toys. I was wondering, have you uh, got any new toys lately? Got any fun equipment? Any new gear? New gear. Um, not really. Just besides the computer was kind of a big The computer big was step. a big move. I've always had like a like a guitar amp a couple different guitar amps a couple different mm -hmm. guitars i'll buy a new pedal every now and again but i've really gotten to just to tailoring my sound to how i want it yeah yeah so um, we, like little tweaks i'd say the computer is probably computer. the most recent thing now what about uh what colin you saw something about a daw yeah yeah have you actually uh found one that year are you looking for a doll right now uh, so i got i started with reaper oh that we just, just got, got reaper actually. yeah that's what I which is there's that. a lot of great tutorials for it um, it's really, I mean, it's super expansive and for the price, you can't beat it. Right. Um, but it is a little not super user-friendly. Yeah. It, it's, That's it's, what we ran into as well. Not as far on the, the user-friendly side as some of the other interfaces, right. but it is kind of like the industry standard, I feel like. For sure. So if I'm doing it every Besides day, maybe Pro Logic. then I would for sure use Reaper Logic or Logic Pro. or Logic Pro. Logic Pro, yeah. But I, Ableton, uh, the, I, the, the, that came with the audio driver that I got, or the interface was, uh, came with Ableton Lite. Okay, like yeah. Lite, like basic yeah. version. Nice. And usually when I'm doing recording, I'm doing it just like to lay an idea down. And then like, I'm still firm on like, when I go to record an album, like I'm going into the studio, I'm letting the professionals do it. Like, that's I'll actually, save my money as long as I need to, to get it done I, yeah. what I feel is the proper way. Right. That right? makes sense. No hate on people who do it themselves. I'm blown away by people, but I don't have the patience to yeah. sit down and learn all this shit at this point. So Yeah, you're busy. You've it. already expressed how busy you are, so to yeah, take man. more right. time to do all of that. That's right, actually sure. where that question was headed, you know. Yeah. You know, are you going to take it to in home at some point? But you've already answered that question. Kind of maybe if I, you know, get to that chapter, but yeah. I'm all on right. a different one right now. All right, all right. Uh, first concert on Mars. Who's playing? Yeah, we talk about Ooh. Mars a lot. Yeah. We're and really we ready movie. for the move to Mars. Yeah, I've actually thought about this question okay. oh, because I remember you guys talking this is about it. Perfect. 
I think a really good one is a Yodo. Nice. nice. Okay. I, I wasn't even. They're always yeah. like been like whenever people ask me when I when they first came out. And for those of you who don't know Yodo, it's Michael Travis and Jason Hahn from String Cheese Incident. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all improvised music through Ableton on the fly. Spelled how it sounds, E-O-T-O. E-O-T-O. Um, which, anytime you're doing something like that, sometimes it's going to be gold, sometimes it's going to be shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every, but they're really good at it. Different. And it's really, really... They got super into dubstep before dubstep was a household name. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so like their shit's like really gritty and grimy, at least when they first started. Yeah, kind of pre-EDM. It's very like futuristic sort yeah, of. Yeah, I like, think that's a pretty synth- solid pick. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. And it's, you know what's cool is Daft band- Punk's up there, so you know they can collab together. Yoto Daft Punk set that, that would be, be interesting. Cool I would be. I would that. watch that. Uh, funny Yoto story for you. First off, they're really nice guys. So nice. Oh my god, uh, super cool. <clears throat> we were doing lights at the VIP tent at summer camp and they were right that's how cool we are isn't that where that was (laughs) or was it yeah that's where that was okay that's what i thought and it you talking about the lasers with hunter well no not the lasers it was the the night that there was a missing yeah he had a missing he had a missing adapter for one of his dogs like or a computer he had to pull out an older computer and we waited probably close to two hours waiting going through campsites people calling anybody trying to get the right adapter leading up to leading up to the set and like they started probably about two hours late because eventually they were like okay we're just gonna do a bunch of old stuff we're gonna pull out this computer um but for you know the half an hour hour two hours however long it was that they were waiting to do this set and they were the last one of the night so it was like they get to do whatever they want okay um it, they people were, getting, uh, people were looking at us looking at us because we're at front of house Why isn't this we're, we're wearing our production shirts and they're all looking at us like what i've eaten in... two grams of molly do not fuck with me. Give me my music and it was it was definitely like it, you could feel the tension it was like okay this is like oh, this is taking too long that's brutal and uh yeah they were amazingly kind they went up to the mic and they were like hey everybody chill the fuck we're really sorry this (laughs) is taking so long we know that everybody is aggravated at at this point because we've just been sitting out here for Mm. way too long he was like i just want to let you know that this is my fault I forgot a core. Or he's a cable. like, this has nothing to do with the crew. Like, They've been great with us, mm-hmm. and like, dude, that's, it, that's good. Dude, it was, Travis did that. Yeah, yeah, it was very nice. And that's they, awesome. They're awesome dudes. They they played a great show too. They I saw it. him swinging from the rafters once at workout during Hell during yeah. a set. Some other band set. <laughs> <laughs> he's older too. That's impressive. Yeah, he parties, man. Yeah, he gets down. Uh, look, we kind of established that you are an athletic dude, uh, mm-hmm. and that you are so, are so. God damn it! I am just fucking up. Uh, <laughs> you also are uh, a real take charge kind of guy. Uh, you know, you're you're good at uh, managing and things. Uh, Post apocalypse, who? Uh, what you know? Part of the team? Do you think you would be? Yeah. What would be your job? What's your job? Oh, I'd be Rick for sure. Wait, what? Walking Dead. Rick. Oh, Rick. Rick. Rick Grimes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, what? yeah. Definitely. That's awesome. That I you... haven't even watched that show all the way through, so I probably shouldn't reference him. <laughs> right. I, I, haven't even I feel watched. like I would be a go-to. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. like, what are we going to do here? And yeah. It's like, all right, we got to make the one that everyone so looks like if you're to Lost, to get some shit you know, done. You, like that that guy. I, I mean, now, make decisions. now we all think we're the man on fire. Right. Oh, us four? Well, anybody. Oh, okay. I think we okay. all, yeah. like, us no, four? Naturally. I think we all think we would, but like, I do have size. Yeah. And I do have management experience, so I think that would just kind of carry over. Yeah. Now, zombie bites you on the arm. Can you cut it off yourself? 
Ooh. Rick Graham style. No, I'd probably yeah. have you do it. I, just thought, <laughs> I thought for sure he was, no, nah, I'd just die. <laughs> just let it take over. I would say just, you know. Knock me out, I, whatever I, you got to do. I think I would ask somebody to end it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Tie me to a tree and end it for me. Well, don't it, cauterize it when you're done. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I want to start a new segment called the Cauterize Watch or something. Because <laughs> yeah. I swear to gosh, well, cauterization isn't a real thing. It doesn't, it, it, it's not. I mean, it, it is if. You have if you have that's your only option, right? Like you. But who's gonna like be like, hold on, let me build a bonfire and get this metal red hot? Or if you're watching that stupid Monster Hunter movie where she pours like gunpowder on herself and then lights it up, it's like this shit. Cauterization watch. I I work in the ER and I know for a fact that would not. (laughs) (laughs) Not a doctor. I am seeing it. I am seeing it in every movie, every television show I watch. Sometimes, like, uh, I was watching one, I think, called uh, La Revolution. Uh, nice. Well done. That it, yeah, sure. It, they had it in, like, <laughs> every good. episode. Somebody was cauterizing something. And it's it doesn't work, no. people. No. You've got a giant <laughs> gash in your arm or your side or whatever. Let's just add a third-degree burn, yeah. some infection. Like, no, it's not... And this has been Cauterization Watch with Colin. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we're here with Evan Wooters. Evan, you've got an album coming out. It is called Keep Up. It's coming out on uh, May 22nd, this Saturday. Yep. So uh, when by the time this episode's posted, people, you will have two days, and that album will be available to you. Mm-hmm. You're doing your album release show, which Colin and I are going to be taking part of that, and that is at Final Gravity, right? It's at Final Gravity, yeah. Uh, here in small, Kalamazoo, yeah, small venue here in Kalamazoo. They're a brewery. They've got a couple different locations, but they've got a, a room here in Kalamazoo. Um, I, I didn't... We're in such a weird space right now with booking yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind I, of a limbo, really. Very much so. And I I really, like, I was out of it for so long. Like, I didn't book anything for years. Mm. I didn't play before. Like, I played one gig right before the pandemic, and that was the first time I'd been on a stage in, like, a year. So, like, I stepped away from all of it for a long time. So now I'm, like, trying to get back into it. And, like, I don't even, like, like how do you promote a show? Like, right. every, the landscape has <laughs> you changed gotta, yeah. so dramatically. Yeah, crazy. So... I mean, I was just like, I, I, I want to do something. Anyway. Where's a room I know that I can get into, that I know the people that I care about can come to. Like, they'll be there, yeah. They'll be there. So that's, it's. I, I think it's like 40 people is the cap with the half capacity. So it'll be a sellout show, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Put that on Instagram. There. It still counts. Um, <laughs> it still counts. It still, still counts. counts. <laughs> um, and it's free, too. So like, uh, nice. I just want to... I've been working with a trio, uh, Sean Leto, as you guys both know, yep, yep, uh, bass yep. player I've worked with for years, and overall just awesome dude. Yeah, good guy. Um, and actually, this uh, drummer I've been working with, he's this 21 year old kid. Um, I think I met him on one or two occasions. Yeah, yeah, Carter. He's really super cool, dude. Nice. Um, we've been playing together for about the pan- the whole pandemic. We've been just rehearsing and just like fine tuning the tunes and. I'm going to do like a little variety, like do just solo acoustic stuff, do some looping stuff. Me and okay. Sean will do a couple songs. We'll do some full band songs. Variety show. Yeah, Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 So we're going to do that. But yeah, the album comes out May 22nd. Maybe yeah. some improv comedy. Yeah, maybe. I mean, <laughs> you do know I like to invite comics and I know comics favorite thing to do is to do a set break. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, May 22nd, uh, Woot's album, Keep Up. 
this has been Not to Mention Podcast. I'm Ryan. I'm Colin. And I'm Josh. And of course, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, I mean, anywhere that you listen to your podcast, we say this every time. Yeah, so you if you get don't it. get the fucking point, yeah. figure it out. <laughs> uh, if you're not there for you, any quest, comments, and concerns. Uh, that can be sent to not to mention pod at gmail.com. Uh, we would love suggestions, criticisms, anything you got for us. If you've got a, a topic you want to hear about or maybe something yeah. we talked you, about you want to hear more about, let us know. You know, we say this every episode. Have, when's the last time we checked our email? I yeah. checked it Is it overflowing? With no. The, we just uh, haven't we checked have it in weeks. I need to talk to you guys no. now, but we'll get to that. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and again, we're here with Evan Wooters uh, catching up. It's been fucking awesome. It's been way too long, dude. Uh, yeah. And you can find Woots, I'm assuming. Uh, Wootsmusic.com. Wootsmusic.com. Okay. And then, uh, is it going to be on Spotify and stuff when yeah, it's available? Yeah, so I'll do it. You'll, you'll be able to buy it through Bandcamp. Uh, so the first month that it's released, you'll have to pay for it. It's only 10 bucks. Okay. Um, okay. And that'll be free on all the streaming platforms after that first month. Right on. So I probably yeah. shouldn't be saying that right now, but whatever yeah well fair we'll enough. ten dollars ten dollars is reasonable i mean you grab it take a listen uh, of course check out his facebook uh, you know uh, you've got youtube videos up support, as well. yeah, youtube support facebook, a local music, artist yeah. on all the social media uh, music at this point dude is there anything that you want to say to the people is there any tagline anything you know I mean, any plugs you want to yeah. do uh, anything else you got going Floors on you want to say not really i just awesome. i guess the big thing to say is the for anybody that wants to support a friend that is doing musical endeavors, listening to it on free streaming platforms takes doesn't get a, give the artist any sort of financial recompensation. Nope, sure so doesn't. if you buy the album, and I'm not even just saying mine, but if you buy mine for ten dollars yeah. off of Bandcamp, that's like listening to it for three years straight on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. and so, and hey man, that's like you know lunch for you. Yeah, or just something. buy directly from artists. <laughs> that if there's one thing that yeah, support, I can tell yeah. people, support, support our support artists. The artists it's been directly. a really hard couple of years. People are just now getting back into it. We all really want you know things to work out and to to fucking get back to the way that they fucking were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been Woots and the Boys. Remember, <laughs> Saturday, May twenty second, you can get that album. Sick. <clears throat> Sweet.